millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Mary Lawless Lee is the author of Happily Gray, Stories, Souvenirs, and Everyday Wonders from the Life in Between. Mary Lawless Lee is a mother, writer, entrepreneur, and digital media personality dedicated to living creatively, chasing curiosity, and exploring the world through the lens of fashion, family, travel, and design. What began in 2012 as a compliment to her busy job as an ICU nurse quickly became a career of its own. Happily Gray, her now iconic fashion and lifestyle blog, amassed a following of over 2 million and serves as a loving space for readers to connect with Mary's stories and their own, journeying together through life's highs, lows, and in-betweens. A proud Nashvillian, Mary lives with her husband, Madison, their children, and Great Dates. Together, they run the Happily Gray Boutique and Nima, a self-care and skincare line for mothers. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Happily Gray, stories, souvenirs, and everyday wonders from the life in between. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to to chat today. Okay. I have to be honest. I thought at first this book was about 
you're going gray and like learning to deal with it (laughs) and being happy about it. And as someone who is going gray, I'm much older than you. I was like, oh yeah, happily gray. I could be happily gray. I don't know. Maybe I should do that. (laughs) Do you you know that so many people over the years see my brand because that's the the name of my original brand. And they think that there's an association between the color gray aging, or they, they associate it with like monochromatic gray tones. I only like muted colors. And so I, I, that's honestly a part of the inspiration. And the book opens with, this isn't about this, or this isn't about this. And, and it unveils what the meaning behind happily gray really is. Yes. I like you do not have an easy time in like the gray areas of life necessarily at first. Like I, I have to fight against this whole black and white mentality and you're sort of (laughs) giving us the, the runway of like, well, this is a life, you know, we can live this way. It doesn't have to be all or nothing all the time. So I appreciated the messaging behind that a lot. (laughs) Thank you. You have such an interesting life story and it's really like you produced a memoir in photographic, very stylized form. It's like, if a memoir were to become an Instagram post inside of a book, this is kind of what you'd get. It's like a compilation, a very visual interpretation of a life, which is super engaging and yet just as heartfelt and intimate in words as like a text only type memoir in, in mm. many places. So I, I love that. I thought it was super innovative and, and really awesome as a huge memoir lover. Thank you. I, you know, I, I predominantly only read memoirs. I love memoirs because I can learn a lot from other people's journeys. And because of my history was so, my story is really told through pictures and over the last decade. And I wanted there to be that element to some degree within this book. That was important to me. I felt like it would feel, you know, very familiar for the reader. And so we, we tried to balance it with, you know, not interrupting the words and not letting the pictures take over the words, but there being emotion through those photographs as well. That's awesome. By the way, I wore a messy bun on your behalf. Do you see this? <laughs> it was I, was awesome. getting, I was getting dressed this morning and I was like, oh no, wait, this is perfect. I'll wear a messy <laughs> bun. And like, that's like invented by the author. It's perfect. <laughs> It looks awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So did you really, do you feel like you really invent, like, tell me about you inventing the messy bun and how it took off. It, you know, it's funny because it had nothing to do with a hairstyle, had nothing to do with me wanting to do hair how, how to's or anything. It was like the, the messy bun came about. And I talk about this in my book around the chapter of social media that I didn't, you know, it being a photographed and being in pictures, being kind of the face of my brand felt odd to me. It never felt familiar. And it still doesn't today. I still get camera shy. I still like tense up in front of the camera and turning my head was my go-to. I would wear sunglasses. I would turn my head. And I always just, not that I'm a great hairstylist by any means. I just always like flipped my hair and it ended up being in a messy bun. And because people always saw the the front of my outfit, but the back of my head, it somehow I adopted, (laughs) I didn't even know it, but I, a friend was like, do you realize that you earned this title of messy bun on Pinterest? And so then I started telling people how I did my messy buns. Um, but it was a very accidental coincidence because it came from this, you know, motive of not wanting to show my face and connect my eyes to the camera, or, you know, it feel like I was doing this out of vanity. It was truly about the clothes and the fashion and, and the style, but kind of this awkward girl trying to figure out how to be in front of a camera that I knew nothing, knew nothing about. I was like trying to kind of function in that way, but really my passion was the fashion at that time. 
Well, thank you for giving the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> the excuse to have our hair look like this and and pretend it is styled. <laughs> Yours really it's was look, styled looking, but anyway. So from the superficial all the way to the most personal ever, you wrote really openly and beautifully about your eating disorder. And you did it in a way where you started early on and you showed us exactly how it progressed you talked about when interventions were attempted and how you would maybe get, you know, go in one direction and then veer very dramatically in another. And then you leave the reader with all of these tips on sort of managing and uh, dealing with things and being sort of in this place of recovery, but never recovered, so to speak. So tell me more about your journey. Tell the listener what happened, how it started and like catch us up to where you are with it today, post, post two beautiful children who I feel like I know after your book. <laughs> you know, it's, it, that story was, it, it was never, it had to be a part of the book. It was, it's really, I think one of the important, most important chapters in the book. And to be honest with you, I wrote the entire book without it. It was a really big step into vulnerability and honesty and, and trust to include that. But after reading, after reading the book for the first time, after I turned it in my publisher for joy, I realized, oh my God, one of the most important pieces is missing in this book. Mm. I have to tell this story. This is one of the biggest struggles in my life. And like I say in the book, I am not recovered. I'm in recovery. This is a this is a, a daily journey of learning and commitment. And I think anyone that's ever been through an eating disorder or ever struggled with an eating disorder will tell you that. There it, it's it's kind of this lifetime thing that you take on and you're always learning, growing, and evolving through it. And so it was important to me, one, to to you know, to step into that vulnerability because of the other women in my life that stood up and said, Hey, I've been there. You're not alone. This is not totally abnormal. Like I've struggled in this way too. That's honestly, you know, what has given me the courage to continue over the last 10 years to do the work, to to get honest, to share, to get the accountability around me that I need. And and so that was, you know, I, I felt so convicted after I read that the book for the first time for joy, looking at that 23-year-old version of myself, knowing I have to share this story for other women, for my own strength, you know, shame cannot survive in, in, in light. And so when we open up and we, and we let people in and we tell our stories, I believe that we're stronger and there's strength through that. And it's felt liberating to be able to, to open up and share. And I can't tell you the amount of women that have come to me that have said, I'm there, I'm here, you know, or I've been there, I'm, I'm here in my recovery and in my journey. And so it's been, you know, just, and life-changing, empowering to to have the opportunity to share it and in a way, you know, that was sacred through these pages. And, you know, I, I thought about sharing it on social media because my platform, my brand, uh, my job is all based on social media, but reserving it for these pages felt kind of like the sacred place. And then that hopefully opening the door for more of these conversations to happen. But, you know, my, my eating disorder is also linked in a lot of these other stories because it's tied to this perception that I grew up with that life is black or white. Mm -hmm. It's this or that you have to fit into this box. My, um, my journey was never kind of about necessarily having to be a certain number, a certain weight. It was all about control. And, you know, when you start really doing the work, the really, really deep work, you start pulling back the layers and you realize like a lot of it sometimes is not even connected to 
body image, but a lot of it can be connected to different different layers in your life. And a lot of that for me was control and thinking that I had to kind of go through life with my pen and my 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 little boxes checking them off of exactly what I thought it was supposed to look like. And kind of through that, you know, was this pers- this unrealistic perception that performed that that came about. And it just continued and continued and through as as different areas in my life, I lost control. That was how, where I found it, and you know, it's 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 just such a journey, and I've learned so much about myself. And someone asked me the other day, "Do you regret it?" And I had never been asked that question, and I I thought, God, no. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm in a way, I'm thankful, and I have a lot of you know grace for that time in my life and this is what this journey has taught me because it's definitely been a big part of who I am and my outlook on things and so you know it's part of it's a part of my story and it shaped me in a way that you know I don't think anything else could have and and I hope that by sharing that I'm helping other women out there that are also going through the same thing that's beautiful i mean not only do you share the huge power of your support groups when you did actually find treatment that you found effective. But yeah, just all the, even just the details of it and, and showing us how your mind went to those places. I don't know. I found it just so powerful, really, really powerful. Thank you. You know, accountability and honesty, I find with this sort of work has been like the the two key components that you have to, you have to get honest and you have to have accountability around you. And it doesn't have to be like you have to go scream and shout it and tell 10 people. It can be one person. And for a long time in my life, it was only one person. And so I think if anything, I would say where to start. Those are those are two great places to start in that journey. Well, I like your sort of segue throughout the book to an area of complete lack of control, which is children. <laughs> I have, Tell me about I it. I have four kids, so I know oh, what you, you know. go through. I, I've been there. Um, it does get, I mean, it sounds so trite to say it gets easier, but in some ways it gets harder. But anyway, it's true. I, I feel like once I personally was like, okay, these are the kids. This is what we have. Like, um, I, I respect <laughs> who they are and I'm just here to like, usher. I can't shape them like there's some Play-Doh. Like I am here just to make sure they're okay and like teach them right from wrong and like do my best. But I can't, because otherwise I was driving myself bananas. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. I have, I have a white right now. I have a one and a half year old and a three and a half year old and I'm currently six months pregnant. So oh, yeah. I <laughs> I can only imagine because you do, you try so hard. I think like you exhaust so much energy by like trying to make sure like they're taking the right path. But at the end of the day, we, I always, my husband and I talk about like, we got to give them the right tool set and the right environment and, you know, they, we have to also let them be people and let them fall and make those mistakes. Cause you know, I reflect back on my 34 years of, of living thus far and that those are the big moments, right? Like those are the moments that really, you really figure out how to trust yourself, who you are, but that's so hard, especially when you're the, you're the parent, you know, you just want them to, you want them to succeed. You want them to do well. And, and so Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the cat in the hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. I feel like I'm interested in how things go with your third kid because I feel like the more kids I had, the more relaxed in a way only because it showed me how little what I did mattered. Like they are who they are. <laughs> uh, so in a way there's like grace in that, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't, so. I love that. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's, I, I kind of wish I had known that ahead of time, but maybe it, maybe mm-hmm. you just have to learn it on your own. Anyway, so you had your kids, you have this huge brand, and you also include your love story with your husband. And I love hearing how you met him and like the two of you are so cute together. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, about meeting Matt and all of that. It was wild. You know, I, I, I well, I first talk about my divorce. I got married yes, at 21 yes. in my book. And I also thought that was a really important story to tell because a lot of other women go through that. And it definitely ties into this black and white life mentality. And, and, and so any you're from East Texas where, and where mm-hmm. that was super common and like everybody was yeah. getting married so early. And I mean, by 23, if you're not married and at least have a kid on the way or the plans to, it's, it's odd, it's abnormal. And so I grew up with that mentality and I, I married and met my, one of my, my first best friend, my first love thinking, you know, okay, this is it. And up to that point, had not had any experience prior to that. And so I learned a lot through that experience. And that's why I felt like that story was so important to, it was a, it was a key story, key experience in shaping me and getting me ready to meet the person that I actually was meant to be a life partner with. And um, Matt and I's story is bizarre. It is bizarre. We met um, through a friend, but you know, I, I was talking to him for the first time and I find out I'm, I'm sitting there listening to him talk and it's not what he's saying. It's his mannerisms and it's his voice. And I interrupted mid-sentence because I could tell he was from the same area that I was from. We, we grew up within 20 minutes of each other and we'd never know, you know, never met each other, we met each other in Nashville 10 years later. We were born at the same hospital. It was just this bizarre um, familiarity. Uh, and our, our parents had dinner before we even met each other's parents because they had mutual friends. Once I was like, kind of dating this guy and he told his parents. So it was just, it, you know, it was 
the divine timing and totally meant to be. We dated for seven months. We got married a month before our one year anniversary of meeting. And I, I think, you know, it's it was one of those things that my mom has always said, when you know, you know, and I, I had never understood that. I mean, I got married <laughs> at 21 and I never understood. I was like, oh, something she just says. But when I met him, I felt that deeply. I felt that familiarity and, and that life partner. Of course, there's like a lot of passion and stuff, but, uh, you know, it was it was deeper than that. And so we, you know, it, we just didn't waste any time because we really knew. And so, it's, yeah, it's been really sweet being able to build a life together and have this familiarity sense of home. I think that has really grounded our relationship because we can each respect kind of our upbringing and where we came from. And we kind of align on this perspective of where we came from, but where we want to go and, and, and how we want to involve our family. Amazing. I love stories like that. You know, the people just like <laughs> right around the corner, but you just never knew them. <laughs> so bizarre. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to get married. I, I knew I wanted to be a mom, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it, it, it's it, at 30 when I was, you know, just single work, working on my career, it just, it's, it's scary, but I just assumed well, maybe not for me. And so that was totally turned upside down in the matter of like one night, basically. You also wrote really nicely about that and like what it felt like when all your girlfriends were having their babies and second babies and you had gone off on another track and really trusted yourself to leave something that wasn't right. And um, I'm also divorced and remarried, by the way, not to just keep talking about myself, but I feel like we had a lot of common and you know, it's not always so easy to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you have this, I don't know. I think after that, there's this new perspective on life. That's all that like, you know, anything can change in a minute type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't going through the, that divorce was incredibly hard and difficult and a darker period of life, but I wouldn't have been able to make the decisions I've made had I not walked through that time. I mean, I really think that that's, those those darker moments, those lessons are so pivotal, pivotal to be able to then get to where you're going. So I always try to encourage and, and also encourage friends, but then also remind myself when I am going through those times in, in life to like stay in them, stick with them, trust them, because there's reason and there's clarity that those that those moments are going to provide, you know? Totally. Tell me about your whole lifestyle brand and how this grew and how you're running it and evolving and being an entrepreneur in addition to everything else. You know, I kind of wondered transparently, transparently, I wandered into this world. So my background's in nursing. I worked in, uh, no, seven years in critical care nursing at Vanderbilt and the Texas Medical Center. I loved nursing. I loved critical care. I loved the challenge and the pace but I also had a passion for writing. I have been writing and journaling since I was 11. Everyone asked me how long this book took to write. And I, you know, I, I share that it, it, it was about a year and a half, but really I think I've been writing this book since I was 11 years old, like in the, in my bed under the sheets with a flashlight. That's like really what it feels like to me. Cause I've always loved to journal, love to write. And so that's why I started, I, I randomly started blog um, 12 years ago about fashion. That was a creative outlet for me. It felt like, you know, something I was doing for myself outside of work and this stressful, intense, heavy career at times. And so I just started writing about fashion. This was prior to Instagram, Pinterest, the social platforms, and 
influencer blogger was not a term. I certainly didn't set out. That was not the, the, the motive, but I paid my friend $50. We created a site and, you know, it just kind of the timing of it. I was really lucky in that sense. Um, that it was, you know, it, I kind of grew up with these social platforms. And over the last decade, that brand has evolved into a lifestyle brand um, in different areas of content, depending on kind of like, it's kind of followed the progression of my life as I, um, you know, bought my first home. I started talking about interiors as I was like, had the money to pay for skincare. I started talking about what skincare I liked, relationship when I, when I got married, and then most recently m- becoming a mother. And I, you know, have always looked for the path to connect my my past in nursing with this digital world that I kind of wandered into and really becoming a mother was that was really the the bridge to connecting those those experiences and I, my husband and I created a um, skincare line. It's um, a pregnancy and postpartum skincare line. We're launching kids this year in a few months. And really it's been, that's been my greatest passion. It, the brand is called Nima, and I'm just so excited to evolve and grow this brand. It really allows me to kind of pull in my, my science, my math that I use as a nurse and the nurturing side, the patient care that I love so much and kind of embody that in this brand. And, and especially through motherhood, which I feel like is, I don't know, one of the most critical times that we need support around us. And I learned that through my first, and I couldn't get my hands on the products that I felt like I needed at that time. So, and I was just like, so shocked by when we started doing all this market research, clean, effective products that were just trans, like spoke transparently about their brand and who they were and their ingredients. And I couldn't find it. And then I started having these conversations with other, other women and other moms. And so that's been a very exciting new adventure that we've been working on. And we also have a store in West Nashville, if you're ever in Nashville. I was I was there not so long ago for a book event oh. of my own. But anyway, yeah, I'll come back. Okay. <laughs> well, we we have an awesome little store in that in West Nashville. We're part of um LNL Marketplace. It's kind of set up like Chelsea Market. Mm-hmm. A lot of small businesses. And we just, you know, just shop happily gray has been an exciting new venture, a, a, a huge learning curve. I've don't have experience in retail, but we have a, um, a brick and mortar and an econ business. So yeah, it's, it's evolved and grown in a way that I never expected it, but I, I love being an entrepreneur. I love the autonomy. I love the excitement of kind of the unknown and being able to work with, I work in an office with nine other women and, and my husband, he's the only male in the office and it's exciting. I just like getting to work with other women and, you know, being able to create and kind of dream together and, and work hard. We, we work hard, but we also, you know, play hard and really enjoy um, being able to kind of create together. I love that. Yeah. I'm opening a bookstore actually next month. It's my first brick and mortar um, yeah, wow. attempt myself. Um, so I know what you're saying about like getting into it. I also work with all women here. It's really fun. We have like with all these brands, we have a team of 17 women and my husband who is awesome. often having lunch with us. So um, yeah, it's really fun. You, I was just thinking you should come where have we, I also put on these retreats around authors and books and everything. And we have one coming up in Charleston. I feel like you would have so much fun and you could even like give out samples of your of your skincare line to the attendees or be like a partner. I don't know if you have any interest. Please please send me the info. I also love Charleston and we haven't been in a bit, 
the food in Charleston is so good, but I would, yeah, please send me the info. I also would love to hear more about your bookstore. I, I have this um, obsession with bookstores and I always, when I visit new cities, I always go in bookstores. They, cause I think there's like this warmth and coziness about them. And I just, I, I, I there's like this homey sense of comfort. And so that makes, that's very, very exciting. Yes. I, uh, I'll send it to you once when we get off, but yeah, I literally have my contractor for my house made my store. <laughs> I was just like, just do the same walls as our house. <laughs> That's anyway. awesome. Well, Mary, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Happily Gray and your whole journey. And I hope uh, we find fun ways to work together. I'm really thank inspired you so by you and I, I really love all your honesty and, and all that. So more to come. Thank you so much. Hopefully I'll see you in Charleston. Yes. That'd be fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 